I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. You have part of my attention. You have the minimum amount. I'm a guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. You got a lot of problems, don't you? Oh, it's good to be back. Eat shit. Eat shit. Eat shit. Smug smile. Definitely eat shit. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. You can't handle the truth. Hello, everyone. No, this is not Cody Dumeri. It's Casario Montenegro. I'm here to celebrate the 80s by ripping on you one. Uh, picking out a little bit of... Stop it. Stop it. Come on. We haven't even started yet. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even started. I have to introduce my panel here, which is a bunch of random people that I just found out. Uh, let's start with Mr. Matt Queller. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing doing pretty good. Uh, this this is uh, looking to be a fun night. Uh, I wanted to say that I had an excuse for a so-so list that I was just recruited yesterday, but uh, then you recruited two of these people after me, so that kind of blows that out the water. So, <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a rough week, but hey, we don't have it any other way. Mister Andrew Barr, what do you got to uh, say? Uh, this is going to be really interesting. I'm going to piss a lot of people <laughs> off. My excuse is I was born two years too late. Uh, so uh, all of you guys, when my choices anger you, can raise your canes up to the sky and scream at those clouds. But uh, this is going to be fun. I certainly hope so. <laughs> yeah, speaking of raising your canes, I'll be the old man yelling at Andrew over here. Uh, I didn't even. I wasn't even supposed to be here today. Let's just say. Um, I told him I didn't want to be on because I'd rather be defending the '80s in the chat. But Nazario needed somebody, so I scrounged up a list, which is sure to piss people off anyway. So we'll see how it goes. And last but not least, Mister Kowalski. It's probably the most important episode of your list sucks ever. <laughs> For thirty years, we've been getting to cut this decade way too much slack. Andrew, you're born two years too late. You didn't miss anything. A lot of cigarette cows need kicked over. Some hard doses of reality we're going to get through tonight, but we'll get through it together. I already regret my decision. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. know. Let's get this thing started. Just one more thing. None of this! None of this! Okay. No promises. I can't even see what that is. Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. No problem. Let's get into this. Uh, number 10, 9, and 8. Let's start with Mr. Queller down here. All right, so for my 10, 9, and 8, I have Man Walking Around the Corner, Traffic Crossing <laughs> Leeds Bridge, and Accordion Player. <laughs> okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. I, I didn't think it was, it was necessary for me to say this, Matt. 1980s. 1980s. Oh. Oh my god. Besides, accordion player is a gem. You do not criticize that. Yeah, you do not. Now those are nostalgic glasses. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a minute so you can check the rest of your list, please, and we'll just uh, move on. Andrew, give me your ten to eight, please. All right. Here's where I piss off the internet already. Uh, let me just start by prefacing that. Uh, the, the first half of this list are movies that I either like or appreciate, but they get a little too much praise. Just a little. Uh, with that, my number 10 is The Shining. Uh, yeah. Uh, my number nine is The Breakfast Club. Yikes. Dude, that was coming. What? 
<laughs> and my number eight is The Little Mermaid. I give you a yes on that. <laughs> Different kind yeah. of yes. Fair. All right. So The Shining. Um, I like this movie. I like this movie. I think that it's expertly directed. I think that some of the performances are great. Uh, however, I think that the story is not as interesting as the book. Uh, I think that the story drags in places. Uh, and I think that, <laughs> yes, boo me, I know. Um, I think the story drags in places. And I think sometimes it's a little unbalanced. Uh, I know people are going to say, ooh, that was the point. But in a different way. Uh, my number nine, nine got yikes. And uh, my number eight, The Little Mermaid. This movie's fine. It's good. The songs are the best part. Uh, the songs are the best part of this movie. Other Outside of the songs, I don't really remember a whole lot except for the Dinglehopper scene because, you know, it's the Dinglehopper scene. But, um, yeah, I mean, this movie's very flawed. But, I mean, I get it, but it's overhyped. Okay, um, Mr. Parr, are you a member of the Rassi Selection Committee of 1980? Oh, they were wrong for putting this on. Yeah. Yeah, your, your argument is kind of weird because they did make another version of The Shining that is supposed to be closer to the book. It's a miniseries. <laughs> Have you seen that? Yeah. Look, I Jack is better in the miniseries as a character. Mm. As a character, not the performance, well, the character. And for A Little Mermaid, all I got to say is you might be a little right on the flawed part, but... That kicked off the whole Disney Renaissance. So I would argue the great it, is, it is not really overhyped uh, as an historical milestone for Disney. Maybe as a movie, I can give you a little, little bit of it. Bah. Let's move on. Uh, next, we have Mr. Brian Michaels. Give us your 10 to 8. All right. Uh, my number 10 is Dune. My number 9 is Escape from New York. Yeah, I said it. And my number 8 is Flash Gordon. All right. Um, now, I, I know a lot of people are saying, you know, oh, some of these aren't overrated at all. Like, like Dune, this reason is at my number 10 is because there are plenty of people who see it for the trash that it is. Horrible movie. I think I tried to watch it a couple times, only watched it all the way through for the first time this year, and it is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. But because there are people like it, and even people that just give it a mediocre rating, that's still overrated. Not a good movie. Escape from New York is a decent movie. It's enjoyable enough hugely overrated. I mean, I don't see anything in this movie that makes me think of it as the great film that people give it praise for. There's a lot of John Carpenter like that, but this one in particular. And uh, Flash Gordon, again, like Dune, um, isn't, it's, a lot of people realize it's not a great movie, but there are people who love this movie and there are people who even just give this movie a pass. And even that, again, is just overrating it because yeah, it's a pretty awful movie which gets too much love. But it's a great song. Nobody else had this on their list because they're not insane. So let's start back at the top. Number 10, Dune. Uh, all right. I'll, I'll give you that one. Number nine, uh, Escape from New York. Hell no, sir. <laughs> Hell no. And that little biggie thing that like John Carpenter's all oeuvre from the 80s. No, no, no. No, no, no. Flash Gordon. Why do you hate fun, Brian? <laughs> I what don't do hate do? fun. I hate movies that think they're fun but aren't. Have you not seen Ted? 
They explain why this movie is I like Ted. I thought he was better in Ted than he was in this movie. Okay. Uh, it has been a rough beginning, but I, I think we're going to straighten it out with Mr. Kowalski now. Give us your, your 10 to 8. Okay. Uh, my number 10 is the Blues Brothers. Oh. My number 9 is Top Gun. Yikes. Yikes. Did I get yikes? Okay, and my number eight is Field of Dreams. This is officially a train wreck. Come on. Okay. Um, number 10, The Blues Brothers. Not an awful movie. Um, it might even be a great movie if it was like 90, 105 minutes long. Um, this movie suffers from coming from the mind of Dan Aykroyd and not having anybody to rein him in. Uh, he just he just throws up his ideas all over the place. Um, you can cut out the whole Nazi subplot altogether. Movie doesn't change except it's a lot shorter and a lot more bearable. Uh, the Aretha Franklin scene is a complete dumpster fire. Um, it just really strikes me as a movie that's more uh, was more fun to make than it is to actually watch. Uh, again, not terrible, uh, but just has a whole lot of problems. Um, number nine got yikes. Number eight, Field of Dreams. Uh, this is just schmaltzy, non uh, nostalgic nonsense. Uh, it's uh, really bad. Um, I know a lot of people connect to it for personal reasons, that's fine. Uh, but I hear this mentions like one of the greatest sports films of all time, and it's not. Um, Kevin Costner is, as always, a block of wood. Um, and it's, yeah, not a good movie. Okay, uh, Kirk confused the Blues Brothers with the Bro Blues Brothers 2000. Yep, thank yeah. you. <laughs> so uh, I'm not going to touch that one. And Field of Dreams, <laughs> he plays baseball with his daddy. Come on, man. It's, no, it's, like, it's like up syndrome. It has one really nice moment you can connect to <laughs> and then an incredibly average movie all around it. <laughs> this, this is one of my top five baseball movies of all time, sir. So, yeah, that uh, let's 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 just try to save this thing because this has been a weird, weird, weird start. Uh, Matt, how's your list coming along now that you're supposed to fix it? Oh, it's, it's pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. Okay. Let's do seven to four, and this time one by one. If it doesn't get the X, uh, you can talk a little bit about it. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I'm starting. All right. Uh, so my number seven is once again a movie that I respect, but I don't really think is that good. It's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I think this movie is good. I think it's good. I think it's got good moments. Uh, the Abe Froman scene is a good moment. However, Cameron's the most interesting part of that movie. I think Matthew Broderick, let's be honest with ourselves and let's announce this to the world for all the people who still have the wool over their eyes. Matthew Broderick's not that good of an actor. Uh, and this is his best role, I guess. But, like, it's, it, I, I just... Don't click. It just doesn't click with me as much as it clicks with everyone else. Okay. Mm. I don't hate that pick, actually. So I want to let other people here talk a bit more about that. Matt Queller, what do you think of Reviewer's Day Off? 
I mean, I, I remember enjoying Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That, that was one of the uh, TBS TNT movies that was on all the time. And I always liked watching it to the end for the, I think that was like the first time I ever saw like something going through the credits of like the whole movie. I always liked that. But uh, Matthew Broderick's best performance is in Election, by the way. Fair, uh, fair. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I can see why it's on the list. I mean, I, I, I won't fight it too hard. Didn't make mine, but yeah. Mr. Michael, so much more shit for that. Um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is uh, possibly the best John Hughes movie, um, which I know Kirk's going to say that doesn't mean much, but um, I love Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Maybe it's because I I'm you know living in Chicago. Maybe it's just I was the right age at the time, but it's the best. It's I think it's the best fourth wall breaking film there is. You know, maybe uh, Deadpool is kind of on even with it. Um, I love the film. I love, uh, you know, but maybe watch it with a theory, the whole Fight Club theory that Cameron's like his Tyler Durden, or I mean, Ferris is Cameron's Tyler Durden. You never know. Might enjoy it more thinking of it that way. But I, I love this movie. Andrew just doesn't like fun, if anybody here doesn't. So so we can expect the rest of the John Hughes movies to turn up in Brian's list. Now, Kirk, Ferris Bueller Day Off. Um, I like this movie. Um, I think it's pretty good. I understand, like, I mean, if I'm not going to like think it's like completely insane that uh, Andrew might not like it. Um, but compared to the other '80s movies in this subgenre, uh, Ferris Bueller, Citizen Kane. Um, this is like tall. I mean, at least very least tolerable. Where most of those movies are not. Uh, so yeah, this is one that definitely wasn't making my list. Citizen Kane. Tolerable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, come on, Andrew. Give us your next movie. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Nazario. I'm so sorry. Uh-oh. It's Bull Durham. Coho, I... keep him out. <laughs> Wait, Coho, don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, okay, so Bull Durham. Uh, Tim Robbins is great. I love Tim Robbins. Yes. And his, oh shit. Uh, <laughs> and his chemistry with Kevin Costner is better than the chemistry that Kevin Costner has with most people. I will grant you that. The rest of the story seems, feels really rushed. I don't buy the relationship uh, between um, Kevin Costner and why am I blanking on her name? Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon. Thank you. I am not. I am not buying that for a split second. Um. Yeah, it's just like the pacing. It's just. <coughs> I like Major League. Um. But like, if <coughs> it feels rushed, and I don't think it's paced well. Um. <coughs> so that's why it made my list. Because I, I hear all the time how it's probably the best baseball comedy out there. Which, no. It's not. You hear that coffee you got, Bart? That's me wishing you sickness right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, everybody else, please tell him why he's wrong. Matt? Oh, I hear you. I, I think Paul's comment that just flashed on the screen a second ago was dead on. Bull Durham is the, the movie that Field of Dreams wishes it was. So, yeah, that's... <laughs> Hell yeah. Brian? Uh, I, I enjoy Bull Durham. Do I think it's overrated? Probably a little bit. I mean, I definitely I enjoy the, the, the Tim Robbins part with the story with, with uh, Kevin Costner more than the Susan Strand and stuff. Um, so he, he's right. He's right in that section. So so do I think it's overrated? A little bit. I wouldn't put it top 10. Please um, 
The only reason this isn't on my list is because oh I would have limited myself to one Kevin Costner baseball movie, <laughs> and I picked Field of Dreams. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I, I, it's it's no secret I'm not a big fan of Kevin Costner. So uh, he shows up, I'm probably not going to be that interested to begin with. And yeah, this movie doesn't do it for me. This panel is like a freaking nightmare. <laughs> what else do you want to shit on, Andrew? How about Moonstruck? Uh, best picture nomination, best actress winner, best original screenplay, and boy, is it mild. Uh, Share it. It's the best performance Cher's ever given. I'll give her that. But just because, uh, just because you can dip uh, butter in shit, doesn't mean that the butter still tastes good. Uh, <laughs> just, yeah. So this movie is fine. It is literally the definition of good. It's good. Um, the story is fine. The acting is fine. The direction is fine, which is a shame because Norman Jewison is such a great director. But it, this movie is fine. But Best Picture winner, one of the hailed as one of the best romance films of all time. I, I best original screenplay Oscar. I don't get it. Number one, Cher's best acting is in Burlesque, sir. <laughs> is it though? <laughs> you're right. You're right. Number two, I want to tell you the same thing Cody told me when I put Shakespeare in Love as the most overrated movie from the 90s. No one is talking about Moonstruck, man. It might have been overpraised in the in the era and won a bunch of nominations. I don't know if it won awards, I really don't know. It's a share movie. But anyway, nobody's like keeping the flame, the flag going for Moonstruck in 2020. So, uh, Kirk, let's flip the order. Tell him why he is uh, wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, when I think overrated 80s, I think that movies are, of movies are still considered like a cultural touchstone. And I do remember this movie being talked a lot back when, you know, this was like kind of like Cher's big, re, uh, you know, return to relevance or whatever. But uh, yeah, no one's no one cares about Moonstruck anymore. I would disagree. Snap out of it, Andrew. <laughs> See, you're referencing it. <laughs> Just because you know a line from it doesn't mean it's, it's good. Number twelve. Um, no, I mean I. I don't think it's a great movie, um, but I think I'm right in line with the other guys in that if we're talking about like undeserving Oscar attention, sure, put it on the list. But uh, when I think overrated, I'm thinking more in the public, you know, consensus, especially in this community. And again, nobody's going around loving Moonstruck. Mind. Matt Weller. Uh, I have to confess, I haven't seen this one, but I find it hard to believe that a Nicolas Cage performance in the 80s could be overrated. He doesn't have a hand. It's amazing. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, that was your number five, right? Oh, yeah. And this is where the internet blows up. I like holiday films. This one I know where this is going. going. This one is just be? meh. Mute them. Mute them. That's right. It's a Christmas story. This movie has gotten so blown out of proportion because it runs for 24 hours on Christmas Day. Okay, yeah. I mean, I bet if we played Groundhog Day for, uh, for 24 hours, people would... That is one of the greatest movies of all time, and people would notice it more. But A Christmas Story gets praised because it gets played for 24 hours, and you have no choice but to watch it because it's the only thing that's on. 
uh, I think that the there's a play version of this, like a play, not the musical, but a play, and it is way better. And that changed my opinion on this movie by a lot. Is that the thing that they did live on TV last year? No, 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 not the musical, not the musical. Um, and the one thing about this movie that really just grinds it to a halt for me are the fantasy scenes because the director is trying to do a mix between realism and fantasy during those, and it's just unbalanced and it kind of grinds the movie to a halt. Um, I don't think this movie's that good. It's fine. I mean, hate me all you want, but I know I'm rambling. Go on. For a second, for a second there, I thought you were going to say that you couldn't deal with the leg lamp. This movie is fine. Uh, I, I like it. It's, it's a classic holiday film. Everybody enjoys watching it once in a while. I wouldn't watch it 24 hours in a row. There are a few things I would. A lot from the 80s, actually. But uh, tell him why he's wrong, guys. Kirk, Christmas. Yeah, the uh, war on Christmas continues. Thanks a lot, Andrew. Um, <laughs> I love this movie. Um, first of all, it was it got a lot of attention, and it was beloved decades before they started showing it for twenty four hours. Um, it's this, you know, that came before. You know, it, the reason it plays for twenty four hours is because people love it so much. Um, and the, you talk about Field of Dreams and the father son relationship. The father son the relationship of this movie that ending where the dad is the only one you find out the dad was the only one who was listening all along. I love that so much. Uh, this is a great Christmas movie. This is a great movie. This is a great family movie. Andrew Yaderman. Um, I, I love Christmas Story. I think it's one of my favorite Christmas movies. Um, has it gotten a little too big for itself? I, I, I can see the argument for it. It doesn't need to be on 24 hours a day, especially in this day and age where you can see things on demand or whatever. Um, I mean, so in that respect, I suppose, maybe consider it a little bit overrated, but I, I still love the movie. I think it's deserving of the attention, how much people like it. So, yeah, I got to disagree with that on this one, Andrew. Shocker. Wow. Matt, Christmas story. I mean, I, I enjoy it. It's it's definitely not the Christmas comedy I would put on the list if I was gonna put one on the list. Um, oh, fair. fair. <laughs> I know what you're going with. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know if it's on 24 hours anymore because who has cable anymore? But uh oh uh, yeah, so I, it wouldn't make my list, but I'm I'm not gonna fight you. Like I said, there, there's there's other Christmas movies I think should be on this list before this one, but I mean, the, the, the ending in the uh, Chinese restaurant is kind of isn't really aged all that well, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's fun. So. Okay, so that was uh, till number four. Let's go back to Mr. Matt Queller. Number seven, 1980s. Okay, oh. 1980s. Okay, uh, so my number seven is the original Friday the 13th. Yikes. Oh, <laughs> Okay. <coughs> so I got six. yikes on that one. My number six was Top Gun. Okay. So I can go ahead. Um, I, wait, uh, that was yikes from earlier. Somebody that else was, has it? That was my nine. Okay. So Matt and then Kirk. Okay. Yeah, I mean, th th this movie, it's got some fun performances, a couple of memorable scenes. There, there's a couple of good songs until you hear them. For like the hundredth time in the movie, I didn't realize that you replace a score with just like put in the theme song just over and over and over. Then I mean the the, the thawing scenes are cool, but they get really repetitive. 
Uh, the third act, I can't even tell you what happened in the third act because it's so forgettable. But uh, I mean, it, it, if you don't take it too seriously, I can see it could be fun. But it, it just I feel like it's so beloved and I, I just don't know why. I'm, I'm looking forward to the sequel. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be good. But uh, Top Gun just doesn't do it for me. Yeah, um, it is just like really generic 80s action. I don't know how it's like withstood the test of time so much. Um, what's the movie with Lewis Gottes Jr. in the Iron airplane? Eagles. Iron Eagles. Eagles. Yeah, oh, like it's like, why isn't this just like Iron Eagles? Like, why didn't we forget this movie? Um, Tom <laughs> Cruise plays the exact same character he plays in every movie in the 80s, um, which wasn't that great because he really hadn't figured out the whole acting thing yet at that point. Um, he was trying to be charming. Uh, and yeah, there's nothing, like I said, it just, it just crappy eighties schlock and not good. I'm going to be honest with you guys until this morning. I have not seen Top Gun in its entirety ever, uh, but I felt it was one of those things that people put on this list. So I, I done it. so I did today. That's not, I mean, probably if I had seen it at a younger age, it would have been more amazing with the jets and the action and the, and the nicknames and the camaraderie and the volleyball. But um, so I've seen that my age, so many movies later, it feels like, okay, I get it. I don't know other than the, the planes and, and the Tom Cruise factor, Mr. Chancellor said, is uh, why it's so beloved so many years later. But I don't hate it. Mr. Brian, what do you think? Top back. Uh, you'll be shocked to find out that I love this movie. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's it's so very 80s in its themes and its action and its soundtrack and everything. I mean, you ever watch Over the Top, Meet Me Halfway plays like 18 times during that movie. So, yeah, that was definitely an 80s thing. Um, but but Top Gun, the, the soundtrack, I love the whole soundtrack to it. I love the action. I can tell you exactly what happened in the third act, man. Um uh, but it's the movie that made Tom Cruise a star. And I can see like Nazario coming to it now. If you watch it the first time really now, you wouldn't really enjoy it as much. But just, just I've always enjoyed it over the years. Um, and uh, yeah, it's very 80s, but I'm okay with that. And uh, as for me, uh, I believe you guys have just lost that love and feeling. <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, I have not gotten to see this movie yet. Uh, a friend of mine loaned it to me, and the DVD was so scratched to hell that it would not play. So I just haven't seen it. Yet. You haven't seen it ever? <laughs> no. <laughs> I tried. It's so easy, Andrew. <laughs> Watch it. It's I. Okay, uh, number five, Matt. Okay, my number five is uh, Ordinary People. Now, this is uh, probably one that might kind of fit into the category of not really being talked about quite as much nowadays. But uh, back when it came out, it was a big thing, of course, uh, beating Raging Bull and The Elephant Man for Best Picture, which just thinking about that blows my mind. I mean, it's, it's not a terrible movie. It's got a really good cast, but it's pretty much just a Lifetime movie. It's been done better before and after. So, yeah. I actually, this is the second movie that I saw today that I had never watched before. For some reason, I thought Ordinary People was a movie with Olympia Dukakis. Uh, this one has Mary Tyler Moore. And actually, out of the two that I saw today, this is the superior movie. This is a very good family drama dealing with a, a really 
like a really personal issue. And Mary Tyler Moore and Timothy Hutton are awesome in this film. However, man, it's the same thing that we were talking about Moonstruck before with, okay, it's maybe won some awards that other movies deserve better, but who's carrying the flame for ordinary people in 2020? Paul. <laughs> oh, Sorry. <laughs> Guys, tell me, Bar, ordinary people. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen this, but I remember really liking it, especially Mary Tyler Moore's performance. That scene where she's packing and it and she's just breaking down because she realizes that the family she's been trying so hard to build up is just crumbling around her is amazing. It's uh, it, it's one I would like to revisit. It's been a while, but I remember really, really liking it. I just hope the DVD isn't scratch. Shut up, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have actually never seen this movie. It's I've never had any motivation to see this movie. It's just anytime I go to decide to knock out a couple more Best Picture winners I haven't seen, I look at that that late seventies, early eighties, just a whole lot of boredom, and I just can't can't get any interest in it. So. Yeah, I mean, this does have some of that moonstruck factor where, you know, it's not really talked about anymore, uh, but the beating Raging Bull for awesome Best Picture is, uh, definitely makes it worthy of, of being on the list, so um, I'll give you a good job on that, Matt. Raging Bull, a movie that is definitely not overrated in the 80s, right? Okay. Uh, number four, Mr. Queller. Okay, number four is Kron. This movie is boring. It looks kind of cool. I'll give it that. And I'm sure back then it probably blew people's mind, but it is boring. It takes the, it pretty much ignores a really cool premise and just does nothing with it. It makes Jeff Bridges a wooden actor. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> no. I agree 99% with what you said, but light cycles, man. <laughs> watch, watch, watch the sequel. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why is um, it wrong? I've only seen this movie recently, probably in the past like six months. And I think it's charming. I love those effects and like the costumes and like all the goofiness and the, uh, you know, the, 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 the soundtrack and the sound effects. Uh, I think the I, the I think it's I enjoy it much more than the sequel. I think the the sequel just sucks all the charm and all the uniqueness out of it. Just makes it like a generic sci-fi, you know, shiny lights movie. Um, I like Tron. Um, I don't I overrate it. Number four, I think that's really high because I, this is one another one I don't hear people a lot talk about. I know it has a like cult following, um, but I think it's a, a, a cult following worthy movie. So uh, four is pretty high. Mr. Brian. Uh, I'm torn on this one because, I mean, as a kid when I saw this, I really liked the movie. And I think it was, it was a cool concept and a cool idea and, like I said, the light cycles, that kind of stuff. But even back then, and especially now if I rewatch it, it is dreadfully slow and boring. I will totally agree with him on that. Um, I mean, but, I mean, like I said, Jeff Bridges in it. It's got David Warner who's always chewing up the scenery. He's pretty good in it and stuff. But uh, I, I, I agree with Kirk. I think four is a little high, but I could see it's picking the list. Plus, the sequel has Death Punk and Maxine Sheen. Mr. Barr. <laughs> you, know, you know Disney Plus is a thing, right? <laughs> I do. Okay. 
I had to watch Mary Poppins first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Let's go to Brian. Uh, Brian, we're done. Okay. Here's where people start hating me. Oh no. Right. Uh, number seven is a very, very overrated, unfunny comedy called Caddyshack. Yikes. Thank you. <laughs> number six is a Yikes. good Yikes. but not great and highly overrated sci-fi film called The Thing. Oh that's right. John Carpenter makes two spots on my oh. list. And Matt just had a heart attack. <laughs> oh god. Okay. I enjoy the thing, but I have heard nothing but universal dispraise and love, and it's one of the best sci-fi movies of all time, and all these great effects, which aren't great. I mean, they're cool practical effects, but they still look pretty cheesy if you watch them. It's just saying. Um, so this falls in that category of, I'm not saying this is a bad movie. I think it is a good movie. I just think it is a highly overrated movie. Why do you enjoy kicking me in the balls, man? <laughs> I just like to see you suffer. I also think that you're confusing this movie with the remake that is also called The Thing from the 2010. So, oh, yeah. I, I'm gonna Which just I actually think I might enjoy more. Oof. <laughs> yeah, I said it. <laughs> if, I, if I had like a poncho for my computer, I would have spit all over it. <laughs> Do it. What? <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Matt, please tell him why he's wrong. The thing has some of the best practical effects in the 80s, if not forever. <laughs> I mean, it's got the great score. It's got uh, Kurt Russell. I mean, I, 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 I can understand Escape from New York because while it's an amazing character, not necessarily a great film, but this is a great film and a great character. And it, it hurts. Mr. Kowalkowski. Yeah, uh, it's considered one of the si greatest sci-fi movies ever because it is. It's one of the greatest sci-fi movies ever, one of the greatest horror movies ever. Uh, the atmosphere this movie creates is amazing. Uh, the pacing is so good. Uh, the effects are brilliant. Not just in, I mean, I know they're practical when you look back, like, okay, they look like 80s effects, but just the imagination of what they did and the way they use those effects and just how like it's almost like Lovecraftian in its unearthliness is amazing i've never seen anything like it before or since um and yeah this is a great 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 movie brian's crazy the scene where they test the blood because they figure out that the creature is just imitating blood is yeah it makes the movie worth it your point is mute sir andrew <laughs> thoughts the thing uh cheesy cheesy effects in some parts uh... where 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 yeah show, show me on the movie where it hurt you um <laughs> this movie is the claustrophobia in this movie is so intense and it is just and it is just so it gets into your it gets into your spine it it's so uncomfortable um everyone does a fantastic job in this movie kurt russell wilford brimley all of them uh and this might be john carpenter's best film from the 80s to be completely honest with you or in general yep yeah pretty much second best no <coughs> <laughs> Ryan. the problem being that's not saying much andrew 
Uh, if I had an all-time wow. overrated directors list, John Carpenter would be on there somewhere, probably top five. Um, wow. But he would be below the director of my number five in the all-time overrated directors because my number five is the non-classic Mel Brooks movie Spaceballs. Uh, Spaceballs, uh, most Mel Brooks movies, the vast majority of Mel Brooks movies are not funny. They're full of, full of bad puns and dad-type jokes that were never funny the first time, much less when you rewatch it again. Um, when I was a kid, I think I gave this movie a pass just because it was a Star Wars parody, and I loved all things Star Wars. And so at the time, I thought it was enjoyable. But over the years, I realized just how bad it is. I mean, as much as I like Rick Moranis in it, and as much as I like, you know, a couple of the actors in it, the jokes are just not funny. There's not really a laugh to be found in this movie. Um, outside of, like I said, maybe a couple of Rick Moranis lines. Um, but people, for some reason, just love Spaceballs, and I do not understand it. I don't hate that. <laughs> Timing. Uh, Andrew, come on. Um, Andrew? Oh, uh, so this is a movie that I'm kind of in the same boat in the sense that I really liked it the first time I saw it. And then I saw it again, and it dipped. However, there are still some really, really funny moments in this movie. Uh, one of my favorite comedic bits I've ever seen in a film is uh, them capturing their stunt doubles. I thought that was really funny. Uh, Which had been done already in uh, I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, just saying. I mean, that's fine, but I haven't seen I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. So, uh, <coughs> I, I don't hate this pick, but I still enjoy a majority of the movie. Matt Quiller. Spaceballs, no Brooks. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't hate it either. I mean, there are a lot of '80s comedies I put on the list before this. Uh, fun fact: I actually saw this before I saw Star Wars, and I still thought it was funny as a child. So I mean, so the jokes kind of work on their own. But I mean, not, it's, it's not. It's the, I, I can see it, but like I said, there, there's worse comedies I put on the list. But yeah, that is such a weird thing to do, man. Honestly, I, I think I think I did the same thing. <laughs> Kurt. Uh, yeah, this came up last week, so I'm going to repeat myself a lot here, but it's not god-awful. Um, again, this is another one, like, in the range of its own subgenre, it's probably the best, uh, but the subgenre isn't that great. Um, I think Brian said all the, the jokes don't land. They're just the most obvious generic jokes. Um, not that funny. There are some funny bits. I mean, like, you know, it's not, like I said, it's, I don't sit there like this, watch it the whole time, not laughing. Um, but it's it's not... I mean, is nearly as good as they are, as funny as people make it out to be. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think Robin Hood is a better parody. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, but I, know it, I think I, I, I'm looking it up here. I'm going to get you sucker came out after. Yeah. I just fact, fact just myself on yeah. that. Um, it was a year later. So, but still it's, it's not, there's, there's a lot of jokes in here that just aren't, aren't very good. Number four, Brian. All right. Well, all the people who came back over to my side on the last pick, I'm going to lose you all again and then some. Um, because, Kirk, this one's for you. Number four, Raging Bull. Okay. Raging Bull falls in the category of a good movie that is highly, highly overrated. It is not that good. It's, 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 Martin Scorsese, first of all, a lot of his movies because I put an overrated list, but especially this one getting all the praise it gets for really some 
over the top acting performances, some a decent story. Um, the, the boxing scenes are not even, I don't think, done that well. Uh, it's just a movie that I thought was okay, but I do not understand how it won awards, much less the love it gets from people. And uh, so, yeah, I know you're all going to let me have it, but I don't care. I just don't like it. The balls on this man right here. <laughs> why, why don't you ask why he's not in color, man? Come on. Keep going. Well, that's just because he's pretentious, but, you know. Come on, Kurt. Um, yeah, I mean, again, go look at this a couple different ways. Uh, in Scorsese's whole body of work, I personally don't consider it one of his highest. Um, there are a lot of his movies that I like a lot better. Uh, but as far as 80s movies, I mean, there are only a few nuggets of really fantastic movies that will pull out of there. This is one of them. Uh, again, if it's not – again, I'm not – it's not like he's saying Goodfellas or something like that. It's 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 a movie. It's wait a minute. I'm not. I know. I know. I know. But I'm saying like it's. I'm not furious. This pick is what I'm saying. I I disagree. I highly disagree with it. But I can. I'll 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 sleep tonight still. I want to thank you, Brian. There were uh, when I found out you were on the panel. There were some of these upcoming picks of mine. I, I felt kind of bad for you, but. <laughs> Now I, I, I that's gone. So <laughs> they won't even remember yours. Andrew, <laughs> I think this movie is very good. I don't know if I would necessarily call this movie great, but it is very good. And how dare you insult Martin Scorsese's direction of the boxing scenes? That dolly zoom shot against Sugar Ray is one of the greatest shots in movie history. That one fight between the two of them in general, where the camp where he's getting beat to hell and the camera's outside of the ring, and then suddenly the, the entire match changes and you're in the ring with him. Brilliant direction. Might be his might be Scorsese's best directed film so you're wrong brian <laughs> uh i think we're st still missing one person out of seven four right mr kirk karakolsky all right uh my number seven here's my prediction two of you are going to be furious <laughs> oh, and, oh no and one of you are, is going to yikes it uh my number seven is clue get out yikes get out I was right. Uh, my number. <laughs> uh, my number six is uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, I think Matt had that also. Uh, at seven. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. Um, Friday the Thirteenth. How to describe this movie? Of all these, like cheap, you know, cheaply made uh, '80s slasher movies. Uh, there's a million of them, and I just can't figure out how this is the one that's stuck and that people remembered and that people, uh, like they got like 15 sequels and everybody still talks about the movie. It's not even so bad, it's good, it's just slow and boring and not interesting. And this is another one of those movies that, by all rights, should have been completely forgotten. And to just follow that giant pile of 80 horror, 80s horror movies. Like, oh, remember this one from a long time ago? I haven't seen that in a while. That should be Friday the 13th. And somehow it's not. Uh, you know, I mean, it's like you don't even get the good killer in this one. 
Um, it's it's yeah, it's not a good horror movie. It's not a fun horror movie. Um, it's not even like campy or cheesy good. There's like there's I don't see any angle that you can look at this movie and say yeah, that's good, that's fun. There's nothing to it. Mr. Quiller. Oh uh, yeah, Kirk's pretty much said everything right. I mean, it's just like a mediocre '80s slasher film, which the, the 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 thing the franchise is known for isn't even really in the movie. The most memorable kill is only memorable because it's a young Kevin Bacon getting killed. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, it's it's amazing that this got the sequels that it did. So you you want to thought it, but they, they they hit their stride by like the third or the fourth one. So. Then when they get to a new beginning, that's that's when they really picks up. <laughs> right, you were that guy. <laughs> okay, um, I'll give you guys that the, that they hit their peak way later. To me, that isn't in, in part four, and they uh, kind of went high again for part six. Those two are like like pretty high, and the remake actually, I, I find that the the 2009 remake is better than the original. It takes like the first three movies and just makes a decent horror movie. Uh, also, in the memorable part, yeah, it's weird that they picked this one and not the one where the killer is, turns out to be a girl who's a man and she turns around and shows her dick at the end of the movie. Are you going camp? I mean, make 15 secrets out of that, right? <laughs> yes, Paul. Yes. That's right. Correct. Why did Jason X versus Leprechaun in space? No, um... I, I agree with them, both of them. Uh, Friday Thirteenth is it, it was just another forgettable '80s, you know, horror slasher flick. Um, I think back then they kind of pumped out sequels to everything that came out, and I think they made a smart move when they made the second one, where they, you know, created Jason with the hockey mask and made it more iconic. And so that's what that's the only reason that these series went on farther than the second part. Um, but yeah, the first one's not that good, and it is a little surprising that it spawned this franchise. Mr. Bar. Okay. Uh, it's like, are you sure we're not doing Malcolm's show? <laughs> <laughs> he's usually one saying he hasn't seen all his movies. Come on. He's very good. I was born two years too late, Brian. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm on my number five. Uh, my number five was yikes early. I yiked earlier. That is Caddyshack. And that's still a yikes, my guy. Okay. <laughs> uh, my number four, I'm going to have fun with this one. Uh, my number four. Is Rocky Four? <laughs> this movie is trash. This is people talk about Rocky Five as being the worst Rocky movie, and they're probably right. But it is one A and one B. I mean, this one is hot on its heels. This movie is terrible. Um, first, let's talk about the boxing. Uh, the boxing in Rocky has always been a joke, uh, but in this movie, you have Apollo uh, Creed fighting Drago in you know on a stage, not in the round because that's how boxing works. <laughs> and then in an exhibition match, they allow Apollo Creed to get beat to death. You know, it's to be an exhibition. The, the referee can't stop it. The you know he has no power. Rocky's got to throw in the towel, otherwise. Apollo Creed is going to get murdered. When he does, Rocky comes into the ring and says, is there a doctor? Because there's no assigned ringside doctor. In real life, everybody involved in this match is doing time. This, the, 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 
the the boxing in this match is a joke. It's the worst of of bad of an entire uh, franchise filled with bad boxing. Um, we overlook way too much the romance subplot between Polly and a robot. Okay, that is something that really happens in a movie. Um, and it's just so bad. The the 80s like anti-communism thing is just so cheesy and is not aged well at all. Um, it's so stupid uh, that like Mikhail Gorbachev like kind of does a face turn because Rocky beats Drago. The whole movie is ridiculous and dumb. Um, I personally think it might be worse than Rocky Five. Um, but it's this is a terrible and I hear people and the reason I put this on the list is because I hear people say this is the best Rocky movie with a straight face. Um, this movie is bad. But Kirk, if they can change, okay, it's not worse than five, it is not great, it is. More of a cartoon than a movie, but it's fun. You can't deny it's fun. Come on, the guy trains by dragging logs and, and like pulling carts in the middle of Siberia, screaming Drago from the top of a mountaintop. And the soundtrack is great. Queller, what do you got on Rocky Four? This was a great documentary about how Rocky Balboa ended the Cold War, but I mean. If you would have said Rocky Three, I would have fought you. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to dig in too deep. I'm not going to. This isn't the mountain I'm going to die on. So, I can't believe this is on your list. Um, I, this movie's bad, but it's a fun bad. So I, I enjoy watching it. But is, is it a movie that I would like rate highly? No. Right. Rocky Four might be my favorite Rocky movie. There you go. <laughs> there now, you go. Now, do I think it's the best Rocky movie? No, because Rocky One is clearly like the one that's an actual film. I don't look at this movie like I look at Rocky One. Rocky Four is basically the sports movie equivalent, of like a cheesy action movie. Rocky Four, first of all, is just a series of montages. There's barely a plot there. It's, it's just montage, montage, montage. All set to the wonderful 80s soundtracks as usual. Um, it's super cheesy. It's even more 80s than the other movie I was talking about. This, this is so, you get the speech, the whole, I can change, you can change, blah, blah, blah. It's it's total cheese, but I just enjoy it for what it is. You know, it's it, if, if Drago had a mustache, he'd be twirling it. It's just it is what it is, and I just enjoy. It. I would I would call this a guilty pleasure for me because I know it's not a good movie, but I like it. Okay, guys, uh, we just have three more to go for each, and no one has said Ghostbusters yet, so this is kind of going great for me. Let's go, Andrew, number three. Hey, it's a movie we've been talking about and yikesing, and it's finally time to talk about it. It's Caddyshack. Uh, this movie is <clears throat> not that funny. It's not that funny. Bill Murray's the best part of this movie, but then again, Bill Murray's the best part of most movies. Um, even ones without Neil Murray. Yeah, right. Um, the um, the main character that the story is focused around is 
boring. He is dull. He is dishwater. He is cardboard. And all of those do not mix well together. Um, and once again, the jokes, they're not... <laughs> I can't. <coughs> they're not they're not funny like they're just it's just kind of like they're saying things Ooh, i hope you laugh because uh because it's rodney dangerfield telling you this Ooh, you better laugh it's not that good it's really not i always thought that the main character was the gopher <laughs> you had this on your list too <laughs> Yeah, this is my number five. Uh, yeah, you always hear stories about how much drugs were done while this movie is being made, and you can tell because it is not a good movie. Like Andrew said, it is not funny. Bill Murray is funny, but even that shtick, it's a, it, you know, it's, it, there's one trick and it gets old fast. Chevy Chase is mildly charming and amusing. Ronnie Dangerfield is unbearable in this movie. It's like your drunk uncle, uncle at a wedding that's just going around telling jokes and like trying to make people laugh. It's like, Get him away from me because he's awful and I hate him. Um, I don't know, like, like, and I think that's what they did. I think I honestly watched this movie. I think I don't think they wrote, gave her danger for the script. I think they just said go do one liners. And what, uh, what and, apparently happened is they didn't follow the original script at all. Yeah, the uh, well, I mean, and that and that's everything. The story in this, I mean, the one girl I can't remember her name, but like she starts uh, like a, like a romance subplot with uh, Chevy Chase's character. And like you feel like, oh, they're going to get together. That's going to be like the sweet relationship of the movie. And then that just disappears. And that character turns into like the slutty troublemaker who's causing problems for the main character. Like out of nowhere. Like the script of this movie, if there is a script, is terrible. Uh, the story's bad. Uh, the, the jokes aren't there. It's not funny. And then, again, this is one they talk about. It's like one of the greatest comedies of all time. It's an awful movie. I mean, Rodney Dangerfield is better in back to school, but it's not like he's trash. Right. You yeah, you're wrong on that. Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> has never been funny. His stand-up has never been funny. His acting's never been funny. His movies have never been funny. Um they've pretty much said it all. I mean the, the, the main character is just kind of blind boring. Rodney Dangerfield is unbearable. Bill Murray, like you said, is probably, you know, he's he's amusing, but even the little they used him was probably pushing it, you know, a little too far because it's kind of a one joke part of the movie. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those movies. It's one of those, you know, classic comedies that people, I mean, well, modern classics, I guess you want to call it, um, that people just, just always want to love and quote. And it's just, it's not that funny at all. And I've never even, I've never understood it. Every few years I go back and rewatch it just thinking, am I missing something? But I'm not, it's still not funny. I was wrong. The funniest Rodney Day and Phil part is Natural Born Killers. Changing my mind. <laughs> Matt Queller, why are they so wrong? <coughs> I, I don't know about so wrong. <laughs> I mean, I, I think Kurt kind of nailed it on the head. This this film kind of suffers from what a lot of 80s comedies are, and it's too much drugs on the set. Uh, I, I like The Gopher and uh, Bill Murray. The, those parts are cool. It's got that one song they play like throughout the whole movie that's kind of fun. You know, but yeah, I mean... Three might be a little high, but yeah, I can see where it definitely deserves to be on the list. You know? Yeah, on my list it went everywhere from like three to ten. I, I never <laughs> really, I think I settled at seven, but it could have been higher. Okay, um, Mr. Queller, number three. Uh, number three for me is going to be Scarface. Yikes! Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Move on. Uh, Number two. Wait, no. No, no three for somebody oh, else. Yeah, yeah. Brian. Number three. Uh, my number three is Clue. Okay. So, Clue. Somebody else was wrong, too. Uh, I think it was Kirk. Yeah. Seven, right? Yeah, that, that's my seven, yeah. Why are you both wrong? <laughs> uh, we're not. We're right. Um, Clue is another one of those movies, especially in this community, that people just love and think it's the funniest thing. It's it's really, it's almost like the Mel Brooks movies and that it's, it's kind of just these really obvious jokes that aren't very funny. I mean, maybe they're funny to like your, you know, your dad 30 years ago. I don't know, but I don't find it amusing at all. If you like, if you like this kind of movie, this whodunit comedy, go see Murder by Death, a much funnier movie. That this was, this one was basically a knockoff of. Um, yeah, I don't care what you say, Coho. So, yeah, uh, Kirk, you take it. Uh, yeah, this is. I just rewatched this recently, and um, they're trying to recreate or like just basically rip off like that old like '40s like slapstick comedy thing, and it's so like forced, and they're just going through the motion. It's so soulless. This is a toy tie-in. Don't forget, guys. This is Battleship. This is Transformers. That's what this is. They just take. They took a toy and slapped the veneer of an old 40s comedy on it, and it's and it's bad. It's not funny. That scene at the end when they're running through the mansion, reenact everything, is tedious. I was like getting angry watching that because it's not funny, and it gets unfunnier, and it goes on forever. Uh, the jokes are just like dumb cliches that, again, may have been funny in 1937, but when you're ripping it off in 1985... Um, it's 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 really not clear. It's like the opposite of clever. Um, when you're ripping those off at 85, it's it just doesn't carry over. Um, Tim Curry is probably the one shining thing in this. He's okay in it, um, but like I said, everybody else is just like it's like they watch like His Girl Friday or something. Like I'm going to do a character from that movie, and just did nothing original or creative at all. Um, it's not good. Yeah, I mean, Tim Curry, I, I think, was tolerable. And there's actually a lot of funny people in that movie. Just the movie itself wasn't yeah. funny. And mm -hmm. the whole multiple endings gimmick was just stupid. I can't yeah. even imagine if I was somebody who actually went and watched it multiple times in the theaters just to try and see a different ending. Oh, God. That that's what this is. When I remember when this movie came out, that's what it was. It was a gimmick. That's yep. all it was. It, that, it was that's hey, come back and see it, and you don't know which ending exactly. you're going to get. Yeah, that's all it was. And then it went away. And this is one another one of those movies where when internet film communities became a thing, I was like, this movie really? Because I hear like comedy classic associated with this. I'm like, no, not at all. You guys are an embarrassment. <laughs> what, are, what are you thinking, man? This is classic, classic 80s comedy. Yes, it's based on, there the, you go. It, it is based on the board game Clue. But that doesn't mean it's not fun. It's not clever. It has a murderous role of throwing people in it. Christopher uh, Lloyd. Yes, Leslie Ann Warren is amazing as, as Mrs. Scarlett. And Michael, Michael McKean as, as Mr. Green is hilarious. The only thing I don't like is in the end where they kind of retcon the part that he's actually playing gay the whole movie and they just go like, I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. I, I don't like that bit, but everything else in that else is that movie's gold. The part where they run running through the house and acting the thing. That is so, about so freaking sweet and awesome. And it's to the story of to the, to the spirit of the board game, which is my favorite board game, by the way, where anybody can be the murderer with any row of situations. And the movie is filmed in a way that it allows that, that gimmick to work. I have seen that movie 50 times, and it works because they 
edit out the parts where they would make it not work. You guys are crazy. Matt Queller, who? But here's what really happened. Who wasn't on anyone's list and everyone was happy. <laughs> but but really, Tim Curry gives one of the best comedic performances of the 80s in this film. I mean, yeah. Andrew. You show Wadsworth some respect, damn it. I'm getting so angry about the thought of this being on the list. It's just uh, flames flame. on your face. We know, flame. we know. We know, we know. We Flames. Um, my is amazing too. I oh my god! Hey, at least it's one that Andrew's seen. You have you have two of the greatest comedic per, uh, performers of all time with Madeline Kahn and Tim Curry. She's not phoning this in. You, this is her being almost. Subtle. I've already said this thing is full of great comedic <laughs> actors. This, I don't know why they agreed to do this. That's the question. I think the slapstick in this really, really works. I think it's great, especially the scene where I think it was the cook falls out of the uh, of the cupboard with the knife in her back, and yeah. Tim Curry's just like, Phew! <laughs> it's so great. The timing of these actors is so great. Um, Martin Mole is really, really dry and kind of snarky, and I love it. I think you guys are not giving this movie enough credit. The timing is expertly done, which is well, he runs and pulls Mrs. White, and then she just trips and falls, and he keeps running. That come on, yeah, this yeah. thing is great. <coughs> oh, I'm sad, honestly, right now. Uh, well, uh, Emma, I even lost count of where we were. <laughs> I think it's my turn. <coughs> I think, yeah. Kirk, no, okay. you're, the one, you're the only one who has a set three, right? Yes, I believe okay. so. Uh, my number three, we've talked a lot of overrated 80s comedies, a lot of bad 80s comedies, a lot of 80s comedies that people talk about are funny, but they're obviously not. And this is the granddaddy of them all. My number three is Airplane. Or as I like to call it, Dad Jokes the Movie. <laughs> um just every dumb, obvious joke you could think of. Like when someone says a line, the first dumb joke that comes to your head, that's what <laughs> the script airplane. The script probably took 15 and minutes. Right. It's so not. Oh, get all the lights on the runway. So we dump a bunch of lamps on the runway. Oh, dad, you're hilarious. <laughs> wah, wah. Is it, is it dad such a rascal with those clever jokes he comes up with? It's so stupid. It's just such a dumb movie. It's not funny. I think about there are like two or three like actually clever things in this movie, but it's completely like I love the scene at the beginning with the two uh, PA announcers, like the announcements are fighting with each other. That's actually funny. Um, but it's overshadowed by so many just stupid, dumb jokes. And then you have things like the, you know, they're in the bar in the jungle or whatever. And then like, oh, the Saturday Night Fever. Uh, thing because that movie just came out and it's funny when we show you things you've seen before. That's humor. Um, they throw the thing back to him. Come on. That that, that uh, the the Girl Scout fight that goes on for like it feels like forty five minutes is awful. Um, it's not funny. Um, and it's like really like racist and anti semitic uh, to boot. Uh, has not aged well. Um, it is just an awful, awful, unfunny movie. Uh, I'll I'll tell you something. I, I rewatched this movie for Full Metal Trivia like two three months ago or something like that, and I laughed my ass off. I I still find it so 
hilarious. The only the only character that I would agree that has not aged well at all, maybe it was never really that funny, is the one played by Steven Stalker, the, the the obviously gay guy in the control panel. Like, what can you do with this paper? I can make a hat, I can make a leg, I can make a plane. That guy, no. Because that's the obvious joke, which is the entire movie. The most obvious joke, take it. I, I think... Uh, I think Julie Haggerty is really sweet in this movie. I find it funny. I may be the old guy saying that. I may I am the dad, but uh, yeah, it is funny. I I don't. I mean, if you had said Airplane Two, maybe because some people seem to like that one too. I, I don't like Ooh, that one. I want names. Uh, Brian, why no airplane? How can you not like her reinflating out of the autopilot with the nozzle down there and then come up and smoking a cigarette? Come on. Um, <laughs> yes, it's absolutely dad jokes the movie. It's and, and I will admit I rewatched it recently too, and it's I didn't find it nearly as funny as I did a while back. That's because I mean this at the time they hadn't really done these kind of parody movies, and it was something new. It was something different, so it got a lot of attention. People thought it was funny. It's basically Mad Magazine's version of a movie. Um, but but since then, I mean, if you compare the compare airplane to like disaster movie, epic movie, that thing's Citizen Kane. Okay, <laughs> you have it to is. agree with me on that. Yeah. Fact, I, they, I, I agree with you with that, but none of those movies that are ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Nowadays, it's done even worse. Um, but yeah, so I mean, do I think this one's overrated? Yeah, maybe I could see it, but I, I don't think it's an awful movie by any means. Andrew Barr. Um, first of all, I really like dad jokes. I make dad jokes a lot. However, I will say that uh, I this is what I considered. I considered putting this on the list, but it is also one that I think has cooled down in people's opinions these last couple years. So because of that, I kept it off my list. Matt Quilly, Looks like I picked the wrong day to put Smith and Blue. That's all you need. <laughs> Moving on to number two, guys. Um, hmm, this is fun. Andrew, number two. Get ready to hate me, Internet. My number two is Aliens. Yikes. Sweet. In that I also have it at number two. Oh, nice. Go crazy, guys. Okay. So, <sighs> I'm okay with the idea of making an action movie out of Alien. I'm okay with that idea. The problem is that it's completely overblown and it's completely cheesified. It's, you turn this great, deep, like, scary, intimate movie into like a big budget popcorn film and it's kind of lame. It's boring. It moves really slowly. And the scene where the queen alien takes a friggin' elevator to chase after Ripley is one of the dumbest things I have ever seen in an entire movie in my entire movie watching career. And I don't even have a career out of it. I should. Then again, you haven't watched most movies. Can't find the DVDs. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think that this movie is slow yet overblown at the same time, and makes some of the dumbest decisions I've ever seen. 
So I don't know why this movie is held up on the pedestal that it is. Hack fraud and charlatan James Cameron <laughs> took one of the most beautiful original ideas ever, a gothic horror movie in space, one of the most atmospheric, beautifully made movies ever, and turned it into cheesy, generic 80s action schlock. You know, he said, let's take Alien and make it Aliens. And we'll have more aliens and more special effects and more explosions and more guns because that's all he knows how to do because he's that limited as a filmmaker. Um, he is the precursor to Michael Bay. It is this is the, this is the proto Avatar. This is just his garbage ideas of an action movie blown up with a big budget. Um, you had this like beautiful, this unstoppable monster, uh, like one of the like great, like I said, most original created monsters ever, and you just make them cannon fodder. Um, I mean, is uh, Scordy Weaver still good at this? But she's, but like she barely escaped. Like she, she ran away from one in the first one, and now she's like telling trained military professionals how to fight uh, like an army of them, which makes no sense. Um, the, I mean, like I said, like Bill Paxton's character is just like embarrassing eighties stereotype um the whole like the whole crew is just so bad and the fact it happened last week people rate this movie higher than alien just this beautiful master craft in filmmaking and garbage 80s action schlock i think on letterbox aliens is rated higher or if not it's very it's too close way um, too close way too close um cuz you have a really amazing great movie and one terrible garbage movie um people talk about everything wrong with the alien franchise it started with this movie this movie took a good idea and made it into crap and it's been crap ever since and the characters that kirk brought up like vasquez is one of the just like biggest wastes of a character i've ever seen in one of the worst performances i've ever seen mm -hmm. game over man Game over. I wish. Uh, first of all, Alien Three underrated. And it's better than Alien Aliens. Interesting, interesting take. <laughs> but, but this was voted the best horror sequel of all time by the panel on this same show. Oh. Even, though, even though the movie is not horror, it's action sci-fi. <laughs> I personally like the thing. I find it very entertaining. I find it it's it, it it's goofy eighties futuristic thing. Charming. I like the James Cameron thing. It is overrated. Yes, yes it is. Is it better than Aliens Alien One? I mean, no, it is not. But it is top three of the whole series as a whole, maybe. Although with all the sequels that have come out, that's not really like a high bar. Eh, bar. Okay. Uh, Matt Queller, Aliens. I mean, why, why can't we have both? I mean, the first <laughs> Alien is a masterpiece. Aliens is a really great film. I mean, what, what did you want them to do? Just make another spaceship with another alien and another lady in panties running from the alien? No, you gotta, you gotta make it bigger. But it was fun. It had fun characters. They did a not quite what you expect, kind of take the regular archetypes from like all the war movies and stuff and kind of spin them on their head a little bit. 
and it's got a uh, uh, lance as great as the android in this one you got the knife trick i mean it's fun yeah no no Brian looks like you want to say something what's the point <laughs> Aliens is one of the best sci-fi movies of all time. Um, Alien, good movie. I think that one's a little overrated. Um, but Aliens <laughs> is better. But even if you don't like, I think it's more a matter of style. I think if Alien, the first one, didn't exist and this movie just came out, I don't think Andrew and Kirk would hate it nearly as much. I think they, they 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 compare it to the first one and they want it to be. Why can't it be more like the first one? But it's not. It's its own movie. That's what I've liked about this franchise is they take different directors and kind of have a different spin on the same on the on the on the creature and the story they would tell with it. And that's what I like about it. Um, I do think this is one of the best sci-fi movies of all time. Um, I think what Matt was saying is about they took all the all the war movie archetypes. Like he was talking about Bill Paxton's character being being uh, cheesy. It's it's the same character you've seen in every war movie. There's a character like that. Um, as far as um, Vasquez being the worst performance, one of the worst performances of all time, and the elevator scene being one of the worst scenes of all time, little hyperbolic, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, I think there's far far worse movies out there. Just saying. Um, Alien could take the stairs. But I, I love this movie. If they she don't love it, great. But I think it's just because it's tainted by their love for the first one. I was okay. expecting elevator music. Because <laughs> we're already with Mr. Brian Michael. Let's keep it going. And Gil's your number two. My number two would have been a lot more fun if Jeremy was still here. Just saying. Uh, and that's the movie called Purple Rain. <laughs> Uh, <coughs> Purple Rain. Yes, Brian. Yes. <laughs> I think Prince is a genius musician. I think he writes some great songs. Some not so good, a little bit overrated in some of his music, but I think he writes some really great music. Most of the music in Purple Rain is great. The story and especially the, time. and especially the acting. Oh my God. Are they awful? I mean, why, why did they give this guy a movie and how did they see the movie and say, yes, we're going to release this into the public for them to watch? It is not, if you want to love the soundtrack, great. Love the soundtrack. Listen to it a thousand times. I see it. But the movie is complete shit. I like Purple Rain. I like it a lot. Uh, but yeah, I'm not even going to try to argue with that one, Andrew. Of course. Uh, Mac Weller. I have also not seen this one, but nobody better say an unkind word about Morris Day and the motherfucking time. Time! <laughs> uh, yeah, this is also, I'm surprised Barr hasn't seen this, but it's also what I haven't seen. Um, Again, I think, but I do think it is one that's. I mean, I think that's why it's not overrated because a lot of people haven't seen it. It's gone. It's called Fallen. I think it's much more about the music than it is the movie. Um, when I hear people talk about, it, they do talk about the music. Um, never really heard any had a positive conversation about the movie before. Um, so I think two is a little high. Um, but if Brian is like it, I understand why it's on here. It is. It is unusually high for actually a movie that a lot of people have not seen. That is actually true. Maybe it's more of kind of a Brian Michael's circle of friends thing. Maybe it is just the because people I talk to have seen it and they just love it. So. Okay, let's go crazy, Weller. What's your number two? <laughs> I see what you did there. My number two is ET, the extraterrestrial, and his adventures on Earth. Oh, <laughs> 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 
<laughs> there, there's that raging bull knockout I was talking about. <laughs> this is a movie that I mean, it's an okay movie. It's an okay. I mean, no one can argue John Williams is the MVP on this one. But uh, I mean, it's got a couple memorable <laughs> scenes in there. <laughs> it's got a terrifying little cute creature. Uh, and I mean, I think this one is really nostalgia goggles. If you saw it when you're a kid, you probably love it, but uh, it has not aged super well. I mean, the, the kids in the movie are a jerk. They never even learned E.T.'s real name. E.T.'s not its name. That's just what they called it. Oh, uh, and I mean, the, the best thing to come out of this film is Reese's Pieces. Oh, okay. Uh, Kirk, E.T.? Uh, um, I, don't, I don't think this is a good number two pick. Um, because I don't think, because my take on this is when you, if you line up all the Spielberg movies, um, where does ET really fall? And it's further down the tier for me, but I think that's where it's at for most people now. Um, I think when you, when you, you talk about, and I know I'm going out of the eighties, but you know, Jaws, Indiana Jones, Jurassic Park, um, those movies are on a much higher pedestal than ET. And I like, and I do think, I do agree with Matt. I think a lot of this love for this movie is nostalgia. Um, but so I don't hate it on the list. I think hot two is extremely high. Let's go with Barb first because it seems like he's getting a migraine. I'm about to break your argument in half. I had <laughs> never seen ET until last year when I was 28 years old. And I loved every minute of this movie. This movie is magic. This movie is able to take a lot of other things that Spielberg had done and make it work like a charm. Like, you don't see the head guy, you but you see his keys the entire time. And I thought that was just a brilliant choice. I, I love this movie. It is so magical, and it is so charming, and the story is expertly written and these writers knew how to write kids these kids are realistic movie kids like you they're not the overly like oh my god it's an alien i'm so how charming and whimsical oh my god no these are genuine kids which is i i i'm 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 done. I can't. I'm out. Okay, I'm, I'm curious, out. Uh, Andrew. Which version did you watch? The one from the original or with the CGI? Oh, the one with the guns. All right. Brian? <laughs> all right. E.T. is not only not overrated, it's one of the best movies of all time. I'm just going to say it. Um, maybe it's because I was just the perfect age when it came out. I don't know. But I love this movie. I think the story is so well done. I think it's it's uh, consummate Spielberg. I think everything that he's done right and he's learned in his directing and the kind of the way that his films look, I think they all were perfected in this movie. Um, I, I think the kids, like Andrew said, they weren't they were some were jerks and they all kind of jerks to different levels because they were more realistic kids. They weren't the cutesy things you find in kids' movies. Um, why didn't they learn E.T.'s name? Because he speaks in clicks and noises. He didn't have an English name, so he took the name they gave him, which was E.T. Just saying. Um, they, can't, they, can't, they can't even make the sounds he makes, so they're not going to learn his name that way. Um, but that's just the minutia of it. It's 
I can't make, I'm not going to change anybody's mind talking about it more. So I won't waste a whole lot more time, but I mean, I can see how you can think it's overrated just because it was so successful, kind of in the same way Titanic or Avatar, which this is way better than Titanic or Avatar, but I can see the success of some things. You know, wow. It's not worth being like the number one, you know, box office film for so many years, things like that. Maybe I could see you taking that approach to it, but as far as the filmmaking and the story and everything about it, I think this movie is practically perfect. I like the Raya Universal Studios. <laughs> okay. Like for for number one, uh, since there's a couple of yikes, I'm gonna run out and, and change the order so we can do those first and then we can have maybe a little couple of surprises with other picks at number one. So uh, I believe uh, Kirk has a yikes as his number one. So let's go Kirk first. Yeah, my number one is not gonna be a surprise to anybody. I thought about changing that just to be a little unpredictable, but the fact of how right this movie is at number one, how much this objectively belongs as the number one movie, rave rave movie of the movie of the eighties, maybe of all time. I couldn't in good conscience movie. Wow. Uh, number one movie, uh, overrated movie is the breakfast club. This movie is garbage. <laughs> it is a technically awful movie. You're free to disagree with me, but you are 100% wrong. Um, they talk about how John Hughes used to write scripts over a weekend, and I completely believed it because this movie feels like a first draft. Um, the characters are ridiculously simplistic, and just just because you would call them and admit that they're stereotypes, it doesn't make it okay that they're stereotypes. Um, the acting is some of the worst. The smoke em up Johnny scene is literally the worst thing I've ever seen committed to film. That includes the Bruder tapes and the Hindenburg crash. It is wow. awful. It is just, um, I don't know if any of you were uh, churchgoers when you were little, but what I call, or when you were younger, but if you do, if you were, you'll understand this reference. This movie is a feature length church youth group skit with cursing. That's all it is. It's awfully written, terrible, awful characters. Tries to beat you up with a point that even really, the obvious, obvious point. Oh, we all have trouble at home. We don't like our parents. Wow, that's really deep. This movie really has something to say. Uh, this is a god-awful movie. It's, I mean, here's what makes me mad. You all like it, and you should be ashamed and embarrassed. And I have to take that shame and embarrassment onto myself when I hear you talk about it because of how bad it is. <clears throat> this movie is, there's nothing redeeming about it. It's awful. It's garbage it encapsulates everything i feel about bad 80s movies because it is just the absolute worst and again go ahead and disagree i'm on the right side of history here you guys are all wrong let me hear it. well i Andrew, had, you had this at number nine yeah i had this at number nine <laughs> uh so okay so when i was when i was making this list i was thinking over everything and when I was thinking like about all of the movie, uh, as many of the movies as I could think of that I knew were from the eighties, and when I when this movie came up, I realized that I really only remembered two scenes, and one of them was only because it had been parodied to death. Um, and this is yeah, Kirk's right. We consider this one of the greatest movies ever put to screen, and. Considering I can't remember more than maybe 10 minutes of this movie at all. Yeah, there's something wrong with that. 
So yeah, this is overhyped. All I gotta say is, <laughs> see, that's the scene that gets parodied to death. <laughs> Matt Queller, why are they wrong, and why is Breakfast Club amazing? It's I. <laughs> I, I, I don't really love it or hate it. Ryan Michaels. Uh, I enjoy it. Do I think it's one of the greatest movies of all time? No. I mean, it kind of uh, was at the beginning of kicking off the whole John Hughes teen, you know, movie thing. And and I think there are better ones for sure. Um, I don't dislike this movie. I I don't uh, I don't see why he's so affected by it and it gets him so mad um, because I, I just think it's it's a fine 80s teen movie and that's what it is. Okay, guys. Um, we had another yikes for number one from Mr. Brian Michael, so keep it going. Uh, we did. That's Scarface. Scarface is an awful, awful movie with horrible acting, especially by its lead uh, Al Pacino doing the most over-the-top performance and not in a good way. Just It's cartoonish. It, the, the whole movie is actually pretty cartoonish. And, and not to mention, you know, it, it, it's just... A, oh, I don't even know where to go with this. The story is not interesting to start with. Um, and then and then the fact that you, they play this guy up like some kind of anti-hero for parts of it. And then and then the, just his acting and the whole cast across the board, not just Pacino. I mean, I like, I like Michelle Pfeiffer. Even she's not a good actress in this movie. Um, Brian De Palma, I don't think is a very good director. I think the movies uh, could easily be about a half hour shorter, but not that it would have made it any less awful. And uh, I've just, the reason I put it here is because it's most overrated. It's, I mean, especially there was this period in like the late 90s, early 2000s, where you couldn't go anywhere without seeing people wearing like t shirts of Scarface and, you know, like you're some kind of icon. And it's just, it, I, I wanted to stop people and say, have you actually seen the movie? It, it's not good. It's not that good. It's not worth seeing. And it's just laughable to try to watch it. Matt Fire, you had this at number three. Yeah, I, I agree with Brian. I mean, I, I don't understand what people loved about this one. Maybe they just didn't understand the message, which I don't get because it's so heavy handed and preachy throughout the movie. I mean, it, at the same time, it's so long, but there's like no character development for any of the characters. They're pretty much the same throughout the film. I mean, I, I just don't get it. I don't hate this pick. I do think Scarface has gotten blown out of proportion. And I, I'm going to give you Al Pacino playing Cuban. is is a rough, rough sell. <laughs> I do love Michelle Pfeiffer in this film. I think she's pretty good. She was starting her career, getting her feet wet in the pool, you know. Uh, but I do think that one and three are way high. I think uh, if you put this on the top of a rated list from the A's, probably belongs in the six to nine range, somewhere in the there. So, Andrew? Uh, this is a movie that I just completely forgot about. Um, it probably would have made my list had I remembered it. Mm, Kirk? I personally love this movie. Um, I feel like El Pacino... Like Brian said, it's kind of cartoonish. I think El Pacino knows what kind of movie he's in, and he's I'm acting. <laughs> he's acting uh, accordingly. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's great. Robert Loja's great. F. Murray Abraham's great. A lot of great little performances in this movie, and um, it's a lot. I mean, it is long, and yeah, you know, it's, it's almost like little vignettes. Um, I understand 
why people wouldn't like it. Um, it doesn't like blow my mind. Uh, number one is crazy. Um, if we if we were talking about most overrated '90s hip hop icons, then yeah, Scarface is uh, <laughs> Scarface is is, de is definitely on that list. Um, but number one and number three for overrated for the '80s, no, because I and I, I think that's because I, there are a lot of people who feel the same way that Matt Bryan do. Um, this is a, a divisive movie. Um, this isn't one that's like universally praised or loved. A lot of people find problems with this. I really like it, uh, but. Um, I understand why people think it's overrated, but number one is too high. Hot take. Michael Bolton is a better Scarface now, machine. <laughs> uh, okay, Mr. Andrew Barr. He does win an original number one. So this is one I don't think a lot of people would have thought of, but when I look back at it, this is one of the most praised movies that I can think of. Uh, it's on the AFI Top 100 Films of All Time. Uh, I know people widely praise it as one of the best films of the 80s. It is the best picture nominee, and it's considered, as I said, like considered one of the greatest comedies. No. Tootsie. I think Tootsie is not a good movie. Oof. I think that Tootsie has a character that is, a main character that is, extremely unlikable that you're supposed to be rooting for the entire time. I think it has a, aside from Bill Murray, Bill Murray being the only good part about this movie. And every movie? Yes. Uh, aside from Bill Murray, I don't necessarily, uh, well, and the, and um, Jessica Lange's dad's that character. Um, I don't necessarily care for anyone in this movie. I think that the way it's written is kind of clumsy, a little messy, and a little rushed. And there is a attempted sexual assault attempt slash attempted rape scene in this movie that you're supposed to be laughing at because it the guy doesn't realize that doesn't Hoffman's character is actually a man, but it's still super uncomfortable like i like the movie's trying to tell you to laugh at that and i'm like no i'm not going to this movie has not aged very well um so i think that this movie is wildly overpraised where are these people where are these people that overpraised tootsie in 2020 i really need to find the people you hang out with and ask some questions Apparently, Adelaide Sprints and Brian Newsman. <laughs> Brian, why don't you hate Tootsie? Uh, because it's not even a thought. It's it's. I, I found this kind of in the same area as Moonstruck, in that if you're looking at the award recognition and guidance stuff at the time, I could see you saying it's overrated, definitely undeserving. But the uh, but the actual movie, like nowadays, I never hear anybody talk about it. I don't have a problem with uh, things that don't age well. I hate when people talk about things that don't age well because whatever, just because of current modern PC culture. I don't care. I'll, I'll laugh at a joke that's uh, about that's race, true. about religion, about gender, anything. I don't care. It's a joke. Equal opportunity offender. Offend everybody. I don't care. Um, but So that probably doesn't bother me. But I don't think the movie – I don't dislike the movie. I don't like the movie. It's just kind of there, and I don't hear a lot of people praise it much. Kurt Kowalski. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, I, I I wouldn't put this with Moonstruck. I mean, you do see in you know in circles this is still considered one of like the biggest, most iconic comedies of all time. So I won't dock bar for that. Um, but it's a good movie. I mean, yeah, Dustin Hoffman's character is unlikable, but he's supposed to be. That's his character arc. And you know, it's he's supposed to be very. You're not supposed to like him at the beginning. And I mean, Dustin Hoffman's so good. I mean, this this is like Dustin Hoffman is prime. He's so good in this. Um, just his performance, like you said, Bill Murray's great in it. Just Lang's good in it. Um, and there's a lot. Of, I mean, there's a lot. Of, and again, I mean that scene that Barb brought up is uncomfortable. But I mean, there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, humorous moments on top of that. So um, yeah, if you think it's personally overrated, that's fine. I'm not gonna you know. Uh, die on the hill of arguing that with you, uh, but number one most overrated of the eighties. That's 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 mind blowing. Not cool. Yeah, I, I'm kind of saying, Bo. I mean, I enjoyed the film. I think that uh, it's really high because I like I agree with everybody else. That I don't I don't really see people talking about Tootsie, other than when someone brings it up a conversation with a list right here. But uh, yeah, maybe, maybe nine or ten, sure. But uh, one that that this doesn't seem right. This is funny. It has uh, the yeah, issue, like Brian said. It's kind of weird. Some things I can see. Uh, some things I can see when these can people say why they haven't aged well. But majority of things is like, hey, you're watching a movie that is what 30, 40 years old at this time. Uh, Eighty-two, I believe. Yeah, that's uh, thirty-eight years old. Give it a break. Uh, some things are not gonna work the way they were. Just like nobody's asking if VHS or Betamax is going to be the future right now. So take it with a grain of salt. Okay. And to close it out, uh, looking at Matt's number one, I think that's the end of the show. We don't have anything else to argue here. Uh, uh -huh. So, nah, come on. Uh, Matt, give it to these guys so they can explain why you're immensely wrong. <laughs> All right, my number one, and I'm sure they will, is uh, the Goonies. Oh, I thought <laughs> we're gonna get away with it. <laughs> uh, th this is another case of the member barriers are strong with this one. Uh, I mean, it's it's not the worst film. The humor is very hit or miss, and it, when it misses, it's just awful. There are so many scenes of just like all oh, the kids just yelling over each other, just get hard on the ears just watching it. I mean, the, the, the first maybe like 15, 20 minutes is fun to watch, but then once they get into the caves and stuff, it, gets, it just loses, goes off the rails so quickly. And I mean, I just I just don't understand the following that this film's gotten. And especially when there is the so much more underrated The Monster Squad exists. So I, I won't argue with that one. Monster Squad over Goonies. Yeah. Mr. Kawakowski. Um, I was wondering if this would show up on somebody's list. I didn't expect it to show up this high. Uh, I l like might be a strong word for goodies. I mean, I, I could enjoy it for what it is. Uh, I, I totally can get behind someone calling it overrated. It's uh, one is super high. Uh, if you had this maybe in your like bottom three, that'd be one thing just cause it's, uh, but again, this is not one. I mean, this isn't an ET. This isn't a breakfast club. This isn't Ferris Bueller where people are still talking about it and quoting. It still comes up for once while people remember it. Um, but it's not like the cultural hit still that a lot of those movies are. So, uh, one is high, but I can forgive it on the list in general. Mr. Andrew Barr, the one is good enough. Uh, 
I like this movie. I don't think that it's amazing. I don't think that uh, it should be held as like one of the greatest family films ever made. But it is one that I enjoy. Um, especially once you actually get to the the climax of the movie. The climax of this movie is really fun. Um, I, I understand it being on your list. I think one's a little high. But I respect it. Why? <laughs> Uh, I, I love The Goonies. Um, I think it is a great film. It's no surprise to anybody. But again, this is one that came out. I was the perfect age for it. Um, so I know that I'm tainted by nostalgia for it. Because it was just it's the movie. I watched it a thousand times back then. And I do think, I, I, I disagree with Kirk, that I do think that even nowadays, it still is kind of held in high esteem. I think more so than you know things like Ferris Bueller and things like that. I think a lot of people have a lot of love for this movie. And it's well-deserved. Um, is it is a little bit overrated by some people because of nostalgia? I can see the argument for that, but I still think it's a great movie. I think it's, you know, no better or worse, well, no worse than a lot of the modern, like, you know, kids' movies they pump out. Um, but it's got, you know, the, that Spielberg touch to it as he produced it. It's got a great cast, who Most of them went off to do, you know, a lot of really good things. Um, and as far as Monster Squad, uh, Monster Squad, while I enjoy it, it really was just a Goonies wannabe. The problem is it couldn't be successful because it was – didn't know what movie was trying to be. It wanted to be this kid's adventure, but then it had too much like language and sexual content to get the PG rating. But that's what you get when you have Shane Black write a kid's movie. So what do you want? But the Wolfman got Nards, man. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy it. I just think it's not nearly as good as The Goonies. It could have been, but it wasn't. I just feel like, uh, Matt, you're going to have to do some explaining to Mike tonight because <laughs> this, is, this is a rough pick to me. Uh, I also was a kid in the 80s, and this is a movie that, for whatever reason, uh, apparently my local TV channel bought, and they showed it every Sunday, and every Sunday I decided to rewatch the Goonies because it was pretty fun. I have not seen this movie in 30 years, so I have no idea how I'm going to feel about it as an adult. But from my memories, it's pretty, pretty, pretty good. So I guess that's our show tonight, guys. Nobody said Ghostbusters or Roger Rabbit or Gremlins or RoboCop or Back to the Future, so I'm good. I'm going to count this as a win. Oh, thank God you didn't have Jacoby because you, there's one particular Indiana Jones movie that would have made oh. his list. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's see some rankings then, guys. Help me out, Kohoop. Put on the list. This is Andrew Barr's list. And... Uh, let me see it here. I'm going to rate Andrew Bart as an I list. You get an I from me. Okay. Uh, Kirk is the next one. Wow. Kirk gets a yikes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Brian, uh, I think, Brian, I already spoiled your rating. Your rating is an oof. <laughs> yeah. And let's close it out with Queller. <laughs> Queller, you get a goddamn it, man. <laughs> so, you know, I actually had a lot of intelligent things to say about those first three films. So that. <laughs> we, we, have, uh, we have a combined list, I guess. The combined list is number 10, Friday the 13th. Number 9, Purple Rain. Number 8, E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Number Ew. 7, The Goonies. Number 6, Tootsie. Number 5, The Breakfast Club. Number 4, Clue. Number three is Scarface. Number two, Aliens. And number one, most overrated 80s movie is Caddyshack. And this whole oh, list okay. could have been worse. 
Ready? My heart hurts. That clue is on this list. <laughs> and The Breakfast Club. You have two of two of my favorite movies. on. I, I hate you both. Um, all right. Uh, so the movies uh, topics that we got coming up in the next couple of weeks. Next week, War Movies. Cody Newberry is back. Please, no comic book movies uh, and no... Uh, I guess Star Wars, maybe? I don't remember if he said no Star Wars or not. Wars the title, Coho. Fuck it. Oh, oh, trust me. Star Wars The Last Jedi would have been on my list. All right. Uh, then I'm taking the hosting chair for the first time in months. I'm off probation for the DC comic books episode, and they let me do Stanley cameos. So uh, I got two spots locked for that. I have two more spots available. So you can submit your list if you have them. Uh, then we're doing movie chase scenes. It's time. Andrew Barr is smiling and nodding because for months he has been up our asses about doing this, and we are doing it. The next one, May 20th, is Best Years in Film represented by one movie. We are doing it. We are doing it. Best Years in Film, but you pick a movie from that year to represent it all. Uh, closing out May, uh, the month of May, Summer Songs, Brooklyn Vale, back in the hosting chair for another music-related topic. And then June 3rd to August 5th is our live top 100s. So, uh, Stick around. We're doing your list sucks every Wednesday with a bunch of fun stuff. But next week, war movies. Cody is back. There will be war. Um, but yeah, uh, Nazario, you did great. I love you. Thank you so much for stepping in. Uh, and uh, Queller, that was probably my favorite list to ever come to your list sucks. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The 10 through 8 made me fucking laugh. Um, but yeah, uh, Nazario, take us over. Uh, so that's it, guys. From Mr. Andrew, Brian Michaels, Matt Queller, Kirk Kowalski, and myself, watch Ghostbusters. <laughs>